Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times. And in today's episode, I have a guest from Venezuela, and we tried to do video, but Wi-Fi is complicated down there, so we just did audio. So today's strictly audio. It was a very interesting conversation. I first met this woman. Her name is MG Tomasini. We first met in Las Vegas. She flew out from Venezuela to come to our first ever High Noon Summit in Las Vegas. That was back before we were even known as High Noon. We were pure mind online, but it was the High Noon Summit. And then we decided, hey, that's a way better name. So we became High Noon. And she is an educator. She talks in schools. She talks throughout the world via Zoom, but she talks all about this topic called meta-connected sex. So just be forewarned that she typically has many charts and graphs at her disposal to describe these concepts that she's talking about. They're sometimes complex and there's a lot of details, but she didn't have the luxury of using those this time. So it is these concepts without the images. If you'd like to see more, we can send her contact below so you can attend some of her presentations. But this entire episode is about unpacking what is meta-connected sex, and it gets into neurology, it gets into some cool stuff, but we go into the weeds. So you got to really focus if you want to catch stuff. But I liked it a lot. She's an amazing woman, and she has a lot to contribute to this conversation about sexuality. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, so I first met you in Las Vegas, very first High Noon Summit back in 2017, I think it was. And back then you were very excited to share something, but I was also very preoccupied with emceeing and just putting on the event. So I couldn't fully extract all the important information that you had to share with me. So now we're swinging back many years later to kind of download from you your wonderful ideas, the stuff that you've been working on, which focuses on a lot of what I understand is about meta-connected sex. And this is a very highfalutin term, and I'd love to unpack it and figure out what it means. So I would love to go broadly, what is it that you're sharing and why you're so passionate about it? And then we will work our way into the finer details. So please share with us, what is this meta-connected sex business all about? Thank you so very much for this opportunity. And I'm so eager to help people find the way to know what they need to know. It's been so hard for so many people, you know, their love life, realization as a person. So I dedicated my life to really find out what science had to tell us about what we need to know, why we do what we do, why do we react instead of responding. And I know you have gone through that very thoroughly in your programs in general. Yeah. However, there are more intrinsic principles operating in our beings that we need to understand to be able to manage that instead of being managed by that. And it is so important that we understand how we function, the way Mm. our brain, our body are connected. If you believe there's the spirit, the way it is connected, how can you connect your mind and your body. So it's not enough to know that we have certain nuclei inside our brains that are trying to drive us nuts. (laughs) 
Actually, you know, the amygdala, which is the organ that we have that has pre-encoded the emotions that we are allowed to feel. We have this beautiful, amazing organ. And thanks to that, we can feel joy. We can feel sadness. We can feel fear. We can feel things. It can be like the fuel for our lives. But if it's not connected to our principles, it will take us anywhere. Anything can happen. Could be good or not good, but anything. It's unpredictable, really. And this amygdala means nut because it has the shape of a nut. Okay. So I call this part of the brain the drive us nuts brain. <laughs> it's perfect shape for this function that should be perfected. I just wanted to unpack that a bit. You've been learning about basically how we're influenced by certain psychological functions. You're trying to teach how we can take control of those things. Is that what you're saying? That most people are controlled by it, by their unconscious mind or by all sorts of invisible operating things, spirit, trying to give people the keys back so that they can control themselves. Is that kind of the essence of what you're talking about? Yes, you're a genius. Yes. <laughs> This is why the project is called NeuroPower, to get the full power of your NeuroBio software and your NeuroBio hardware all together in Unity is the way you can get the full power of it. And to get it into Unity, we apply the four position foundation model. So to unify yourself, you need to fit into a four position foundation. What does that look like practically? Okay you do what is contained in the bubble or let's say the position that provides i call it the three p's principles purpose and plans plan is like your goal short-term mid-term long-term goals and there is a lot of definitions behind that it's not that simple but your three p's is your principles which start with we are people of free will but with our freedom of choice and action, we can become slaves. Or applying our freedom of choice and action, we can become free, just like that. But it takes a lot of explanation. <laughs> so in this four-position situation, there's you. You represent one of the bubbles. So there's four bubbles, right? I'm guessing they're in sideways, like a diamond shape. And exactly. you're at one of the sides, that's you? We as humans, we have what I call a neurobio hardware and a neurobio software. That means that we have encoded, pre-programmed. Our hardware or neurobio hardware is pre-programmed to respond or to react in certain ways. And we need to know those ways because those ways can take us to slavery, not to freedom. So that's why we need to know exactly what's going on. So when I first start to explain what's our main structural neurobio hardware, we have something that I call subcortical level. And because depending on the way we manage all of this, we are going to function in a certain way. I call it subcortical functional levels. And to make it very simple, besides that, we're going to have the potentially principled functional level, which is the one that is focused on the only neurons in everything that 
exists that can encode principles. And that is the prefrontal cortex. So the prefrontal cortex, uniquely in humans, no other creature or anything that is a living thing has this kind of functions, potential functions and potential functioning. You cannot have these kind of functions in any other creature to encode principles and to choose which principles to encode. When you choose the principles that take you to freedom, when you talk about anything that has to do with humans, you have to take into account all of the aspects. Because if you don't attend all of the aspects, then this human being is always going to be lacking of something. So sure. the right principles are the ones that take in account all of the I don't find the word in English. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the word in Spanish, but it's like all of the dimensions of the human being. This level, I call it potentially principled level, and it would be prefrontal cortex meta-connected, which means that you connect it through the approach that we just mentioned. And I finish saying at the uniquely human functional level, because no other living being is able to do this. So Got because it. of that, we are called, because you have it, you are called to connect in such a way. If you only had your subcortical levels or just a little piece of cortical neurons, then you're called to do that, to connect in that way like mammals. But if you have an amazing part of your brain, which has infinite capacity to provide you with amazing functions and to protect your being, your love, which has also infinite potential. So how can you protect love? You need something that is as infinite, as big as love is in order to be able to protect it. So, so we, we have to, to really quickly pause here and unpack some of these concepts because there's a lot. You're giving yeah. some big ideas, and I just want to make sure that everybody can kind of keep up. There's two conversations that I hear coming up. One is you mentioned in the beginning kind of hardware, so meaning that we're born with certain, you're talking nuclei, like we have different concepts that we believe to be true. We have different limitations, I'm guessing. But then you started talking about the fact that we're adaptable. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the fact that we are born with certain frameworks and then the fact that we have this prefrontal cortex, which is also elastic and, and changeable depending on our principles. So how do those two things work together in terms of like one is static and one is elastic? So how does that work? If you could explain. Well, the precious things of being human is that we have freedom of choice. So we need to choose the principles that allow us to fulfill our most inner and original desires and dreams. We have seen throughout history that all of the people that lived before, they had this, but the world that we received it's not exactly <laughs> the environment for being able to develop yourself in freedom and fully. 
we need to understand that we need to change the way or innovate what we had been doing until now and learn to create the environment for human beings to be able to blossom in freedom. It means that we are able to structure our thought, the way we manage our neurobio software and hardware, and that means our body as well as our lives in the way that we can walk towards self-realization and the realization of other people. And that the way we impact society in general or the environment around us is also within those principles, which if they fulfill this thing, this huge purpose of being beneficial for the individual and for the whole, that should be the result. This is kind of hard to explain without a graphic. I like this quote from True Father. True Father is Reverend Samuel Moon. We call him True Father because he did what a human being truly was meant to do. <laughs> so he says this, can you call someone a human being only because he has a body? A human being must have mind also. Does a human being laugh at someone's sorrows? Does a human being grieve over someone's happiness? No, no. That kind of person is a human being in appearance only. I think it's amazing. That's a treasure for all humankind that is here, that was here, and the one to come. Why? Because we can just live. We can just breathe and love and think and do, but never be a fully or a human being but just be a human being in appearance. So that's what I mean when we don't grab the full connection possible within our structures and our software. So we have a software that can take everything that we repeat to automatic. So we can even say hello to another human being in an automatic way. We can do that if we are not aware that that is what's going on. It is as deep as that. Did we decide to go on automatic in our interhuman relationships? Or are we going to take it to the human level? Every time I say, hello, Andrew, how are you doing? I really mean that I want to know how are you doing, that I really care how you're doing. Sure. I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah, yeah. So to understand that quote, obviously we're all human beings regardless of our capacity to function. So if we do grieve when others are happy, we're still a human in essence, but we're not a fully expressed human being. We're not a fully mature human being. I think that's more of what he was talking about is like, are you a mature human being that gets to experience all that life has to offer? Because if you're happy when others are sad or sad when others are happy, it's just you're not really connected to them. It's that lack of connection. So you miss a dimension hugely important dimension of humanity is experiencing something together with other people, which is what you just ended with saying hello with intentionality and not being a robot, which is what we turn into when we're disconnected from our thoughts and feelings and our spirituality. And so I totally get that. And I would love to know 
because you started to unpack a few different things. And one was talking about our potential in an idyllic sense that we can be fully free and a lot of very nice expressions of freedom. But one very clear, difficult dichotomy that exists is that what is promoted as being free in our society is free sex. So true freedom from one perspective is that we can do whatever we want whenever we want. So I can have sex with whomever I want, or I can have sex with a tree or whatever I want, because that's what I want. And so that must be true. That's one worldview that's heavily promoted by society, by culture. And then there's another perspective, which is that freedom is not freedom without responsibility. So in terms of the meta-connected worldview, I'd love to hear a little bit more detail in terms of connection looks like and what does freedom look like in terms of sexuality, if you can. Wow, that's nice. When people talk about the first option that you mentioned, when they talk about freedom, every time you say I, that means an I that is not fully connected. It's sure. an I that is centered on the subcortical functional level. After I explain, usually where are located the hub <laughs> for unprincipled life and love, which is the subcortical levels and proposals. You can call them Freudian proposals. You can call them Freudian motivations, subcortical motivations, self-serving motivations. You can call them the functional level that cannot tell right from wrong. You can call it the functional level that cannot tell true from false. This level, you can choose to live by it. And when you choose to act out on this level without connecting to principles that assure that all of the aspects of the human being are being attended, are being taken care of, conceptually regarded as important, that is a different I than the other I that would be the one that is thriving to connect first, to look for the principles. If you didn't find them at home when you were growing up and throughout your super vulnerable phase, which is until you are around 25 years old, according to research, but those are two different eyes. When you were trying to unpack, when I read through fathers, when you're an adult, you didn't connect all of those subcortical proposals to principles that we're talking about, because it has to be specific principles. Like I said, attend every part of the human being. Would you say that while you're developing as a young person growing up, that your parents are helping to connect you to these principles that are longstanding, everlasting, ideally, at least they've worked in the previous generation, if not for many, many generations. So they're universal principles that are being connected to you like a rope that's being handed down to you. And they're connecting from your parents to you. And when you're actually connected to those principles, meaning you're living them and they become normalized to you, that they're also synaptically connecting. So like your brain is connecting the dots. And without that, one of those drawings that kids have where you connect the dots and it's incomplete. And so it just gets filled up somewhat randomly by circumstances and you're forced to 
figure it out yourself. And so it never quite fits because it's not complete because it's not handed down to you from wisdom. You're just making it up. Would you say something like that? I'm trying to create a visual here that yes. is as, uh, yeah. as possible. Yes, but there is a lot more than that. Actually, when you were speaking, I could find out what I wanted to say about the adults that have not connected all of their subcortical proposals emerging from the subcortical functional levels. They create in their own brains, even they use their prefrontal cortex neurons and they do synapses in this way to what I have called the subcortical logic, subcortical culture because of the way the brain is pre-wired and pre-programmed this is going to be true for you this is going to sound like it's okay and it's normal when you acted out on those proposals you're going to create a logic in your brain which is not based on universal values like you said or universal principles it's just based on subcortical principles, which are not principles. They are just encoded functions that are necessary for biological survival, for moral survival, not for ethical survival, not for survival of the dignity of being human. Those principles that we're talking about that you call them universal principles should take you to the highest dignity of being human. And for that, when you act, we should be creating the environment of the highest dignity of being human for everybody around us as well. See how different it is when you didn't connect to the principles that you found out that fulfill the dignity of being human for everybody around you and yourself. You are connected and you formed a subcortical logic, a logic that makes you become insensitive, to become callous to being human in another dimension that I am trying so hard to conceptualize here. Got it. Your dignity is connected to other people's dignity and the principles that we're meant to learn is how to function in a group setting, how to work within our tribe or our, our community. And Without learning that, we lack personal dignity, and that also helps us to degrade the dignity of those around us. And so those are the principles that are kind of universal in terms of like your whole life. But I do want to get specifically into the topic of sex about because for many people, they might have principles. A lot of people are, it's very gray their principles. It's kind of wishy-washy. It's a lot of grandstanding, like express principles online is what I believe, but then their actions are different. So actual principles for a lot of people are minimal, but then within the realm of sex, there's very little room for people to clearly define their principles because there's a lack of a conversation. I think the people in the high noon world are getting better at it because we're promoting this idea of how important it is to know what you believe and to what your principles are. But I would say that most people honestly don't have any real expressed sexual principles. They have a series of feelings. They have a conscience, but then they have these sexual desires. So in our modern world, how is it possible to 
create clear sexual principles. Let's talk about the ideal, which is why would be ideal. Idea means that you as a human being can blossom fully all your potentials and your dreams come true. Are we really able to create an environment for that to happen? Well, I believe yes. So let's talk about the yes. Let's talk about a home where your parents are fully aware of all of these operational or operative principles organically. Let's say I call them e-talk parents. E-talk means parents that enable, that's for E, triple object connections, right? So how do you do that? Well, you let your children know since they are very young, you start according to their period of development. And I have a beautiful chart, which is available for every person in the world because Dr. J.G. made it so. He did the investigations and it is on the internet and you can reach it anytime and you can see how the brain develops in those ages. But I'm going to talk about when you are, let's say, 16, 15 years old. And I'm going to talk about a boy that started to have his second push of testosterone, let's say around 14, 15, it depends on your race and everything, right? And the way you were fed and other organic things, but you start to get curious about sex. So they need to know since ever that everything they do, everything you think you act out on, even your emotions, you feel angry and then you fully act out on that anger so on and so forth. So you need to know that you are creating neurological pathways and that you are creating the person who you are depending on the way you use those neurological pathways. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, you will probably really enjoy our other podcast, The Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to create a smashing marriage and experience God in the process. And yes, we talk a lot about sex. We have incredible guest speakers that I think you're going to really love. All you have to do is search for Blessed Couple Podcast on your favorite podcast player or just click the link in the description of this episode. Thanks. Back to the show. So let's talk about neurological pathways for love, for romance, for longing, for passion. Those neurological tracks are the same ones that you're going to use for pornography or any other sexual usage, let's say it that way. For example, my 16-year-old boy came the other day. He asked me, Mom, my friend is telling me that if you act out on yourself without watching porn, it's not going to hurt you. Usually I answer with a question because I believe in Socrates' (laughs) way of making people deliver, to give birth, to be owners of the truth, the way things work. So I answer him with a question. I said, what do you think about it? Which neurological tracks are you going to be using for acting out on yourself? And he goes, he stops for a while, he starts thinking, and he goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to be using the same neurologic tracks that I will be using with my future eternal wife. So if you use it for yourself, those neurological tracks are going to have the morality, okay, because we are people of morals, of ethics, of dignity, of self 
theme of self-concept, of an identity of who we are and what we are and how do we fulfill happiness, what's important for us, what makes our lives important, what gives value to our lives. So all of those neurologic tracks, they're connected to that too. So if you use them for yourself, these neurologic tracks that are made for your future relationship with a person that you want to fully connect, and we can talk about that in 10, <laughs> in number 10 <laughs> podcast. So if you use them in this dimension, like for myself, well, your tracks are going to be function in the way that they're going to look for your own subcortical level sexual functioning. Your sexual persona is going to be built on your subcortical level of morals and ethics. That means it's going to be for you. You're going to be I, me, mine, sexual person. Did I make sense? I believe so. You have these tracks and they are connecting you from your mind out into the world. That's how I, I picture them. And if you start using something like sexuality for yourself, then instead of these tracks going out from you out into the world, out into somebody you care about, right? Your eventual spouse, then these tracks are actually just going back inside yourself and they don't lead anywhere. They just lead to isolation rather than to connection. So it's a great practice of looking at basically your neurological tracks. Let's say you're thinking. Our thinking is meant to compel us outwards, feelings, outwards, action. So helping other people, serving other people, being connected to the world around us. And to the extent that your neurology, your thinking leads you back to yourself is the extent to which you will experience loneliness and isolation, which in essence is what millions and billions of people are experiencing in this world right now, because we're kind of being trained to just think about ourselves sexually. That's what porn is. That's what masturbation is. Materialistically, just to kind of buy your house and build your kingdom, but don't get to know your neighbors and all this stuff. So these tracks, they're mental and then they're also emotional. They lead back inwards and there's nothing there, right? It's just back to yourself and that's not where we want to be. So I could see how these principles, they need to kind of develop a mature thinking pattern. And that thinking pattern is a connecting pattern. And that's, that's right. to go outside of yourself, which is really hard because it's scary out there. And the longer you spend thinking about yourself and feeling for yourself, the harder it is to get out of that little cave that you're building. Because it's like a fortress that you're building. I had a next door neighbor, this old Ukrainian lady that we called Bubba. After her husband died, just spent all of her time staring at the outside world and the world became scarier the longer she spent inside. And I remember coming home from school and she'd be peeking behind the curtains. And if I looked at her, she'd kind of fade away into the darkness and she just never really left her house because it just became scary. And that's all of us. The more that we spend time in porn masturbation, the more that we just spend thinking about ourselves, trying to fulfill our own desires, regardless of how other people feel, the scarier the outside world is because we don't understand it because we're so disconnected from it. So I think I can relate with that and it's quite helpful. So what does it look like if everybody is 
functioning in a meta-connected way? What does a society look like in that situation? <laughs> That's the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> well, what does that look like okay. practically? Because I think a lot of people have a very broad perspective of a better society looks like. People throw out terms like kingdom of heaven, but they don't understand how are we yeah. functioning? Do we still have jobs? Like, what are we doing? So what do healthy, meta-connected people look like? Let me start with something that you kept saying, the I, my own desires, and sex centered on this I, like myself. It's a subcortical self. This has to be understood because it's a self that is not connected to universal principles, to the principles that tell you the person who you are, what is valuable in your life, what's important, what's the treasure of sexuality, of human sexuality, what's the treasure of human social life. Your voice, your capacity to verbally communicate is for serving human being that has freedom of choice and it's called to build a free life, a life in liberty, in freedom of the subcortical. Because the subcortical, like I said before, it can be seen as, oh, it comes from myself. So it's human. It is a part of the human that is serving biological survival during the early stages of life. When you are like in the womb and your mommy falls down, you need that to activate and raise your heart rate and so on and so forth, right? To make you survive. That's for biological survival. The other survival would be mommy telling you, it's okay, baby. Don't worry. Mommy is okay. You're okay as well. Just keep going where we still love you or whatever, because we're human. And you have to really walk out of the sphere of biological survival because, of course, it has sexual impulse, reproductive nuclei, very close to all of the organs where our emotions are encoded or pre-encoded or pre-programmed or pre-nurtured by certain software. But we need to understand that they are in this shape in order to connect to something higher that will make it human. Because the way, if you leave it connected at that functional level, you are a human in that functional level. So that means all of your human aspects will not be attended, will not be taken care of, will not be fulfilled. When you understand how human thought is structured, you understand how valuable to structure yourself according or applying core position foundation approach. That means to meta-connect. You connect yourself. You connect your self-serving mind, which emerges from all of these subcortical proposals. And you connect that with your higher mind or your higher self. And then you connect that to principles that better universal in any <laughs> part of human history and in anywhere, in any place, any culture or for any human being are taking this human to full blossom and full dignity of the self and the surroundings. So always have to add all of these concepts because we can get lost in our subcortical proposals because they're very strong. You know how Freud called it? He said, 
we have a persona within a persona because they're so strong. They're urgent. They urge you to do something right now. You have to take care of that right now and it has to be done. And the negative is more important than the positive because the negative feelings can take you directly to, well, this is what the reading <laughs> that this level of negative, oh, I'm going to lose everything. You know, it's always a fear of losing, of losing position. We need to understand which events or situations in human life trigger this level of source of proposal. Because they're going to say, if somebody comes, they want more position. He is the one that manages the podcasts, right? But look at this guy. This guy is a lot better. He's studying more. He's more good looking. He has a better whatever, right? This part is going to be trigger. What are you going to do? You're going to destroy him saying, oh, I'm going to find out what's wrong about him in the social media to see what people say about him because I don't want him to take my position. That's reptilian. When you react in this way that you want to destroy, scratch, kick, defame, whatever, that's not human. This is what True Father is letting us know, that we need to embrace the beauty of every human being. When we talk about sex, you wanted to talk about sex. When you can fully embrace your masculinity, but you can fully embrace your spouse's femininity, fully. Because we're never going to be the same. And that's the beauty of it. Feminine is feminine. And masculine is totally different project from femininity. So we need to embrace completely how femininity works. And we need to embrace completely how masculinity works. And in the society that we're living, mainly men develop in the give and receive action. When it is structured in your mind and in your body, you learn to receive more than giving. So in general, men are receivers. And women, we are givers naturally, and we grow as givers. For fully uniting women, we need to learn to receive. We don't know how to receive. We are givers. We need to learn to receive. We need to turn into receivers. And men need to turn into givers. You know how much percent? A hundred percent, a thousand percent. All of us. If we don't do that, if we don't, talk like if we don't enable triple object connections when we see we're growing unity is hard the world of total unity within every person and then between people i really don't know how it is but i can speculate about it but i would invite <laughs> everybody who thinks they can become a unit within and with other people centered on universal principles to find out how it is but for now, we can say that it is a vault. It is a vault. It is safe. So when you are growing in Etoc parent, Etoc parental household, you feel safe. You can trust. So the world outside is not that scary because how is the love when somebody loves you more than his own life? And this is how you can conceptualize family and when you are born in that place, when you see your parents taking care of each other, like your mother's heart is in your father's hands 
and he handles that as if he were a vault. <laughs> her heart, her mind, her body. And when you see your mother doing that with your father's heart, mind, and body and spirit, then life is different. Then your connections inside the structure of your brain is totally different. Those two parents know that when you are going through your ages, let's say from seven to 18, your brain is flawed with dopamine. You're super vulnerable. You have your safe place. You have the place where you can talk about anything. You can all along those years, you learn to communicate. If you watch pornography, you don't need to learn to communicate. So your tracks for love and sex will not be connected to your ability to communicate, to pour out yourself, to be able to receive somebody pouring out herself completely. This is a matter of a culture of total respect and safety and care and importance to understand what's important. And you know what's important, other people's heart, mind, and soul, and your children's heart, mind, and soul, and to understand how they work, and to really, really, really focus and invest yourself in creating the environment for them to blossom fully and in safety. Yeah, there's a whole lot. <laughs> but <laughs> the main takeaways that I got was... You know, for sure, men have to learn how to be better givers, unconditional givers, and women need to be better receivers in terms of the man-woman dynamic. And the idea of like taking your spouse and guarding their whole being, their whole essence, their body, you said, their mind, their heart, their spirit is this precious Fabergé egg, this very expensive and valuable mm -hmm, mm -hmm. object mm -hmm. to care for each other. That's part of it. I'm guessing that then extends into how parents would then treat their children as extremely valuable and not discount them. I can see it. With all this said, is there anything urgent that you feel you would love people to know as a takeaway to all of this, right? You've talked to a lot of people. I know you go into schools, you give many talks all over the place. I'm sure you see questions coming in a lot or you see how people react to your content. What is one thing that you've observed that is extremely important that you wish all people could know and start to enact in their life today? Well, something that I already said, which is everything that you do, you think, the way you react, the way you respond, the way you structure your feelings and your perceptions from what people do, all of that is molding your brain. And when you're growing, you're also molding your brain. And the more you do things, the more solid those things are gonna stay in your brain. So if you mold your brain centered on principles, it's gonna be very beneficial. So it's good to learn the principles since very beginning. If you don't have the environment that created the circumstances for you to blossom. There are other places like High Noon and CARP and YSP and Women Federation for World Peace and so many other places that are safe places where you can develop also in freedom and connected to principles. I would let people know that those tracks are very universal as well within them and they need to connect to all positions, to all the objects 
that are part of the structure of their functioning. And that includes all of your principles, who you are, your identity, what is the preciousness of sex, what is the preciousness of relationship between husband and wife or man and woman and family and legacy. It's not something that it's going to happen today. If it happens today, you're going to be connecting it in a subcortical way or in a subcortical level of functioning. And I would also want to let husbands know that if husbands are now under attack <laughs> with social media as well as the children, and if you use your fingers for browsing more than half an hour and you don't take that half hour or more, for instance, giving your wife a massage or your children, use those very strong hands because I'm a big person. <laughs> Despite my size, my husband is super stronger than me. So those strong hands are also for giving love to others, to taking people to the highest level of feeling loved and cared for. And browsing, I think many men and children are losing their strength and their ability to connect to e-talk, to connect to their three objects, wasting so much time using their hands in browsing. I don't know if you see the picture, instead of doing this with your fingers, do that. And then that means I'm just giving one example, which is giving somebody very, very needed massage. Especially now, after the pandemics, we got used to staying home and in front of computer, and now everything is hybrid. We tend to collect tension in our necks and shoulders. So we need each other even for that, because stress also can avoid us from connecting to principles, because stress, again, it's going to trigger the subcortical proposals. I would say that we need to be serious. We need to get really serious about the person who we are, about what we're going to do with our mouth and what we're going to do with our bodies and minds and souls. And I think our mouth was meant to always build connections in ourselves and in other people in a principled way, not to destroy anybody's self-esteem, self-image, self-love, or anything that would destroy their hearts or their ability to love others, but the contrary. Every time we talk, we should talk in the way that we build, that we promote or trigger the connections to a better self in ourselves and in others. Of course, I'm not saying that we're going to accept behaviors that are unprincipled. No, part of our responsibility is to help people connect principled connections, ways and behaviors and neurological tracks. And that means that their sexual tracks will also respond to true love and to universal principles. We need to be aware of what's going on and that we are connecting in ways that can take us away from the person who we want to become or can take us to that project of the person that we want to become. So I think we should always, before acting, before talking, <laughs> before breathing or eating, 
you know, we should think the purpose. We should think if we are really attending the individual and people around us purpose with every breath, with every action that we take. And we should be thinking about our purpose embracing our connection to a person in total unity with universal principles and other people as well. That every time we act or we do something, we are impacting our environment in the way that it goes closer to unity. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> I can tell you have a lot on your heart, but yes, I believe that I understood and there's a lot that people, you have a lot of homework for people, but that's good. We need to do a lot. So use your hands mostly is what I got because everybody here understands that very well. Use your hands for good. That's definitely, you know, a concept. I remember coming from True Father, this idea of like, do you use your eyes for God or not? Meaning is it for mm. to look mm. upon other people with mm. love and gratitude and giving or for selfish reasons? But the same is true of your hands every aspect of you. So yes, thank you. That's great. And I think a good summary. And thank you for joining us all the way from Venezuela. Yes, there might be a part two because you do have a lot in you that needs to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much. Hello, everybody. Andrew Love here. And I just wanted to add one more point. High Noon is a nonprofit organization and we are run by donations. And although we've been doing okay, thanks to the massive generosity of our founders, the Wolfenbergers, we want to expand higher, 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 higher. We want to make a global impact. We want to reach every family. We want to change the culture. And for that to happen, we're going to need a lot of volunteers and a lot of staff. That's just the reality. It takes money to travel. It takes money to do a lot of the things we do. And we want to let you be a part of this growth. And so what we've created is a donors club, which is a $10 a month club. And when you join, you get a t-shirt mailed to your door. You can get some exclusive content. And we also have some really good goodies for our tribe of people who are part of the donors club that we're going to talk about in the coming months. So. I just wanted to invite you to be one of these people. Everybody can afford $10 a month. It's just a matter of whether it's a priority. So if you feel High Noon has impacted you positively or your family or somebody you know, please consider donating. I don't want you to give any money unless you really, really want to. But if you do want to, I encourage you to really, really donate. So $10 a month is, I don't know, a cat a month. I don't know how to measure it. It's a giant hamburger and french fries a month that you can sacrifice in order to help this world become a more habitable more enjoyable more connected more loving place so please consider joining our donors club it's just ten dollars a month we look forward to seeing you on the inside of our secret society for donors have a good day everybody <laughs>